Hey, it's Mark here, and welcome to the next edition of the Employee Survival Guide, where I tell you, as always, what your employer does definitely not want you to know about, and a lot more. Hey, it's Mark, and welcome back. Today's topic is going to be working and protecting your job during menopause. The majority of employees in the workplace are women, 56.8% to be exact, according to the Labor Bureau of Labor Statistics. And roughly half of them are in age to experience perimenopause or menopause, according to a recent New York Times article on April 23, 2023. Employers need to do a better job for working women when it comes to accommodating the many intricacies of an often perplexing transition. The topic of menopause is no more an extended taboo in the workplace. Menopause occurs when a woman has not had her period for one full year. Yet perimenopause, a lesser-known condition, can last anywhere from 5 to 10 years. During both times, estrogen levels take a significant dip, which can set off a whole host of symptoms, the most obvious being hot flashes, night sweats, vaginal dryness. Yet there are at least 30 well-documented and more obscure symptoms of the, men- of the menopause transition, which many women may not be aware of including migraines, increased risk of heart disease, bone loss, increased anxiety, insomnia, and joint pain. Many women might not even associate these other symptoms with the menopause transition. Here are the legal implications of menopause in the workplace. Do women have legal rights as far as accommodating menopause symptoms in the workplace? Right now, menopause is not a condition granted rights under the Americans Disabilities Act. According to the Job Accommodation Network, a branch of the Department of Labor, according to the Jan, quote, when menopause occurs as a completely normal result of human aging, it is neither a physiological disorder nor a disability. Consequently, if a person does not have a disability, there is no obligation to accommodate under the ADA. However, employers are free to accommodate employees even when they do not have a disability, end quote. In my opinion, Jan has fallen behind the times and the above information is not tactically or legally accurate. Fortunately, there is a growing body of court decisions that have held that the underlying medical complications experienced by women, including included in the generalized term of, quote, menopause, are in fact covered as physical and mental disabilities under the ADA and state law and in oftentimes in city code. These disabilities must be documented by employees with their employers. That's how you get the employer on the hook. You have to give them notice by using letters from treating medical personnel to the employer. In turn, employees must also request reasonable accommodations. What ways can employers help accommodate women in, in menopause? Considering that the symptoms of menopause can, at the very least, be bothersome and at at the most be debilitating, employers would be smart to help accommodate this ever-growing population of the workforce. Here are five things to consider when it comes to making accommodations for menopause in the workplace. There are anti-discrimination laws. Consider that in many countries, menopause, a natural biological process, is protected under anti-discrimination laws that prohibit discrimination based on sex, gender, or age. Employers are typically forbidden from treating women unfavorably or creating a hostile work environment due to menopause-related issues. 
you may qualify for reasonable accommodations. While menopause alone may not meet the criteria for disability protection, certain menopause-related conditions or symptoms, such as severe hot flashes, migraines, or depression, could potentially qualify if they substantially limit major life activities. Employers may be obligated to provide adjustments, such as flexible working hours, changes to the work environment, or modified duties to help women manage their symptoms effectively. Can you take medical leave and sick days? Menopause-related symptoms may occur may occasionally require women to take medical leave. Think about uh, FMLA, Feminine Medical Leave Act, or sick days. Employment laws or company policies regarding medical leave, sick leave, or disability should be reviewed to ensure that menopause-related conditions are appropriately addressed and protected. Health, wellness, and safety regulations. Menopause symptoms like hot flashes and temperature sensitivity may require adjustments to the work environment to ensure that the health and safety of women experiencing these symptoms. Adequate ventilation, access to cooling mechanisms, or modifications to dress codes to accommodate temperature regulations need to be uh, addressed and necessary. Considerations of privacy and confidentiality. This is an important one. Menopause is a personal and private matter. Employers should respect the privacy and confidentiality of women experiencing menopause and ensure that sensitive medical information is handled appropriately, adhering to relevant privacy laws and regulations. Think about uh, HIPAA and medical privacy. It's essential for employees to consult with an employment lawyer to gain a comprehensive understanding of these specific legal requirements and obligations related to menopause in the workplace. And we can help you. Let me just close by adding a few comments. This um, podcast was issued as a uh, a blog article on our website, and it got some feedback. One extreme position was that the article was, quote, unquote, hurting women. I don't know how this information being talked about uh, can be hurting women. In fact, I I did read articles in the UK uh, talking about how they uh, were – accommodating women and bringing up the issue of menopause in the workplace and having great results with it. And people applauded the efforts. Um, Some of the uh, other reactions are that it's not a disability, uh, that it's not covered by laws, et cetera. But as the article in the the podcast episode demonstrate, there are court decisions, which I didn't get into the depth of, which I will in another episode. But you have underlying related medical conditions. Think about a migraine. A migraine can be very serious, and it alone can lead to uh, the documentation for disability, and the employer has to accommodate that. Or you get into, let's say, um, complications related to uh, menopause that are um, cervical in nature, or um, you know that are you know complicated medical issues that women only face, and they can be documented um, and. You can even think of cancer uh, big, under the umbrella of menopause, uh, cervical cancer for that matter. So these things are – you have medical conditions that are underlying can have um, protections under the state, federal, and city laws. And I'm referring to city. I, for example, I would see uh, New York City Civil Code uh, protecting women uh, in menopause. So the, the point of the article in the podcast episode is to bring out in the open the fact that it, menopause is not a taboo. It's not something that cannot be talked about. It's something that should be talked about and more. 
And that's what makes it controversial because, well, I'm going to talk about it because it's important. And you should start to um, consider that if you are half the population of working individuals in the United States, uh, that uh, you have uh, rights and you can do something about it and you don't have to hide in secret. So I guess that's the point of the uh, episode is that you can do something about it. Um, and it's just about awareness and information. So I encourage you to read more about menopause and related situations that can rise to the level of having protections at work. And you can ask your employer about it, and your employer has to accommodate you. And if they push back on the accommodation for you, uh, I would encourage you to get medical documentation to support your conditions and uh, get the employer to engage in the interactive process to discuss the accommodations you're requesting. And if they push back, then you consider that to be retaliation uh, for failure to accommodate. I can't imagine, given the subject matter, that employers would want to push back on this, especially now in, in June uh, 2023, where we have such a change of culture in the workplace that um, – you know, employee uh, culture and attitudes and engagement are extremely important. Um, I would say you're at an extreme crossroads and right now as an employee. And if you didn't know it, and I'm going to tell you uh, that you actually have more power and leverage than you ever did in the American history of working. Let me repeat that. You as an employee, whether executive bandwidth or not, uh, have more leverage against your employer these days than you ever did in American history. You would only know that if you did what I do is employment law and you follow the news. And uh, one example is this. You uh, employers cannot, three years after the pandemic start, uh, are having problems of pushing employees back to full-time work in the office. And the, the statistics are roughly about 56% of employers have done this. And the remaining uh, employee, you know, if you're uh, re remote working or wanting to remote work, that um, employers are having problems uh, making you go back to work. So that's one example. Uh, the other example, and I'll do a separate episode on this, is that the Federal Trade Commission is ruling uh, that uh, your non-compete is going away. And that's uh, going to happen very quickly. The actually the NLRA uh, the NLRB, sorry, the National Labor Relations Board uh, chief counsel actually wrote a letter stating that same issue. So you are at a crossroads of American history of working where you actually have more leverage than you ever did in the American workforce in, the, in, in our history. So menopause fitting inside of that is the perfect timing of events to raise the issue um, and you can think now historically with uh, the things that have happened in the last three or four years, uh, starting with the Me Too event uh, leading forward to where we are now. It's a quite an, uh, ex uh, an extremely um, unusual set of historical events that the em empowerment of employees is tipping forward in favor of employees against employers. And I, I can't say that I'm – I'm actually the most happiest I've ever been in doing this practice of law ever because I've, for basically 20 years, have dealt with employers' nonsense about uh, you know working and just taking the blows that employers give out to employees without any leverage. I mean, you're at will, can't do shit about it. But now it's like, wait a minute, you employees actually have more um, uh, 
power in terms of negotiating. And uh, it's that's a subtle thing, but it's actually appearing on a administration level at the uh, in the Biden administration and in the court systems. You're starting to see breaks in the in the chink of the employer's you know so-called um, you know armor of just like ridiculousness to tell employees what they have to do. And it's it's and thanks you know. One pandemic later, when people woke up and said, wait a minute, I don't need to take this shit anymore. So that's where we're really at. Uh, I need to have you understand that. So menopause fitting right in there. We ought to raise it the topic of uh, discussion. It's appropriate. Why not? 50% of the workforce is going through it. If you're a manager, you have to manage that issue for your employees and be aware of it. Don't stick your head in the sand if you're a man. Um, and, you know, People have real lives and they have circumstances that happen, medically speaking, and menopause is no different than anything else. So I hope you found this uh, informative and the uh, I will look into this further in terms of menopause. I have another art, uh, episode to do and also uh, the an episode regarding the transformation of the American workforce in terms of where we're at now, which is you got a little bit of taste of that in the closing comments to this podcast. Um, as always, I'm working my tail off to think about things to push forward the momentum of your efforts, your rights of working in a fair and equal way, so um, in a non-political way. So hope you appreciate that, and I'll give you more to come. Thank you, and have a good week. If you like the Employee Survival Guide, I'd really encourage you to leave a review. Uh, we try really hard to uh, produce information to you uh, that's informative, that's uh, timely, that you can actually use and solve problems on your own and at your employment. So if you'd uh, like to leave a review anywhere you listen to our podcast, please do so. And leave five stars because anything less than five is really not as good, right? Uh, I'll keep it up. I'll keep the standards up. I'll keep the uh, information flowing at you. Um, if you'd like to send me an email and ask me a question, I'll actually review it and post it on there. Uh, you can send it to m. C-A-R-E-Y at C-A-P-C-Law.com. That's capclaw.com.